Coming live from Boulder, Colorado, USA is our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And before I move forward, may I request you to subscribe, follow, like, and comment on whichever platform you are watching or listening to this show on. And today we have George Morish, entrepreneur, business growth coach, and implementer. Welcome to the show, George. Hey, thanks for having me, AJ. Thank you, George. Thank you. So we'll be talking about, you know, how to grow your company in times of uncertainty. These are indeed uncertain times. And uh, George, a lot of businesses, small businesses, uh, and consultants, coaches, a lot of them are facing issues in terms of how to grow their business. So this is where we'll use your expertise. You are a certified scaling up coach. You are a lifelong entrepreneur and you have found a digital agency. You have got TEDx Boulder, you co-founded that. And then you do a lot of other things in terms of entrepreneurship. So straight away to the main question, George, is that what should one take care of? What should companies do in these uncertain times? That's yeah, a great question. Um, are you familiar with the idea of the hedgehog concept? Uh, it was by Jim Collins. Right. Are you familiar with that, AJ? Well, I, I do read a bit, but I don't know much about it. So I would like to know more about oh, okay. it. You. Okay. So right. um, there's a book by Jim Collins. He's a fantastic professor. He used to be a Stanford professor. Now he's a University of Colorado professor. Um, but you'll know him probably by his book, Good to Great. It was published in the early 2000s, I think 2001, 2002, something like that. And he created this concept uh, that he talks about called the hedgehog concept. And the idea of the hedgehog concept, when he studied all the businesses in terms of what made the good businesses great, it was this focus on doing what they do best. And like a hedgehog, he did the comparison that came from a fable but there's a fox and a fox is a creature that widely explores the environment, uses a lot of energy to figure out its, its surroundings and where it can find food, where the hedgehog is a very myopic creature. It just focuses on doing what hedgehogs do. It's not right. out there in the wilderness exploring all the time. The idea of the hedgehog concept is focus on um, really what makes your business great and really delve into that. And, it, you know, it, in terms of, in terms of concept, it's a little bit dry in the sense of you want to look at the processes, your core processes of your business, and you want to make them operate incredibly smoothly. And when you can do that, you build efficiency. So in uncertain times, by having that efficiency, you become more profitable which lets you have more cash to weather the storms. Does that make sense? Right, right. So let me ask you this question. You know, companies, when they start their business, they all know that, you know, sometimes it's it's a beginner's luck. It's a consultant. It's a small business. But they also know that there could be tough times. Anytime. It could be anytime. For larger companies, they have a bit of time because they have deep pockets. But... They should be prepared for it, but they are not, and they fail. So why should why companies fail during uncertain times? Why is it that? 
Uh, I, I think really the uncertain times are the best because that's where you have the ability to take an advantage. You know, um, so many companies do fail because they didn't prepare for the storm. They may know that they need to do that, but they don't. They really don't. You know, when I when I had my agency, for me, I felt like when we were starting the business, we were in the right at the beginning of the dot-com burst, right? The bubble bursting for the dot-coms. It was the worst time to start a business up in my mind, but that's also what made us best because we were starting up in those uncertain times. We were lean and very focused with what we were doing. So then when we had the financial crisis, 2008-ish, right. we weathered that really well. And, and honestly, AJ, I think that for me with my agency where we actually started to go south was when everything was doing great when the economy was doing excellent because people weren't so focused on the things that we were bringing to the table they were going to the bright shiny objects that were out there i think a lot of companies fail because they fail to plan when the bad things happen they don't see them coming and when they when they finally do realize it it's too late okay okay is it is it because uh, some people are good at planning or is it that some entrepreneurs are not that mentally tough to, you know, uh, to ride that particular difficult time, ride out of that difficult time? Why is it? How do you look at it? Yeah, I think it's maybe a little bit of both. I also think it's a lack of experience in those economic times. You know, you start a company up in the great times. And then when if you lack the experience of going through tough times with the company, you don't have anything to gauge that by, you know, you, you hear tough times. So what does that actually mean? Like in this current yeah. environment, no one can tell us how long this downturn is going to last or how severe this downturn is going to last. Nobody knows that. And anybody that claims to, they're just guessing. So in those uncertain times, in my opinion, what you do is you focus on what's best. You get really lean with how you operate. And you continually do that. You refine it. You know, I, I look at it as uh, the Japanese have Kaizen, right, from Toyota. And the whole idea with Kaizen is continually making the process better. So in nearly every company I've ever worked with or worked for, there is a ton of waste in all the processes these companies have. Now, a smaller business, maybe not so much, right? You have a smaller team, less resources. But I can guarantee you, if you took your nine processes that are key to your company and you laid them out and you figured how many human touch points are in every one of those nine key processes, I guarantee you, you would find waste in there. If you can eliminate that waste, you might be able to cut a position because you're automating. Now, I don't like to kick people out of their jobs, but we're talking about the health of a business, right? So in the health of a business, I care more about how that that unit, that entity, that organism lives and less about the individuals that make that organism up. Right, right. So in, in a nutshell, you know, we are here, we are talking not just, you know, challenges during the tough time, but actually we are talking about growing your business in these uncertain times. You know, in India also, we got lots and lots of small businesses, lots of consultants and globally also this new trend of you know the great resignation where everybody wants to do their things on their own uh, own ways and own pace so how if you look at it from a from your point of view uh, what are the fundamentals 
uh, that are key for business growth, especially during these times. I would I would say in that case, you're looking at strategic partnerships, right? Everybody, okay. everybody is feeling it the same way for the most part, right? There's always exceptions to the rule, but in a downturn, an economic downturn, everyone's looking for an advantage. So can you find a way to strategically partner with the people around you or your vendors um, that can give you a leg up, especially when you can both help each other out? So look for those opportunities because it's just like when you're going into battle, it's a little bit easier to go into battle when you have a group around you rather than an individual, right? So as you're, as you're going out there, look for your strategic partnerships, try to figure out you know, in the case of, let me give you an example. When I had my digital agency, um, one of the things I would have done in the situation where we had an economic downturn is I would have looked at our hosting companies that we worked with and see if there was any way we could better partner with them so that we could help them out by bringing them some more of our clients or maybe with other providers and then maybe work with the company to say, are there any clients you're working with that we could benefit from or uh if we were subcontract subcontracting any of our software development out to various companies i would go to them and say do you have any design work that you're not doing that you could pass my company because we were working in design at that point right and could we pass you programming so just try to find ways to partner up strategically to get through the storm okay okay so in terms of you know entrepreneurs who are looking at small businesses, consultants and all, uh, would you advise them to toughen up a bit mentally, you know, because these times are a bit different and nobody knows where the economy is going or forget about individual countries. Even globally, there is not much of a direction. Even in the US, uh, they're talking of recession and they're talking of, in fact, something deeper than recession. Now, how does one deal with this and you know for the owners for the entrepreneurs how can they actually lead the team and by being tough uh, you know a tough nut themselves how do they do that what do you suggest what would you suggest to them i would suggest to them that they be fully present in today and not get so caught up in what may or may not happen in the future Right. Uh, one of my colleagues had a great quote. He said to me, he goes, yesterday is history. Tomorrow is a mystery. So today I'll be here doing what I can do best. And that that's the key. Right. I mean, you get on, you start watching the news. You start looking at these economic forecasts. Again, you don't know what that's going to bring. So operate with the mindset that you have to continually get better. You have to continually refine. You have to continually partner up with great uh, great strategic partnerships. Just stay in today. What can you do today? Not what might happen tomorrow that might sidetrack you. There's just no way that you're going to do that. So you're wasting precious time and, and even more precious energy focused on something that may not happen. Okay. Okay. So, and, and, and I would argue, uh, you know, in the entrepreneurial circles, especially in Silicon Valley, one, one philosophy in terms of looking at that is stoicism. You know, getting more into a stoic mindset in terms of how they look at the future, how they respond to situations and events. Right, right. So it's the time of good leadership. Great leadership. And great leadership. And yeah. what would that entail? How does one 
become from a normal entrepreneur how does one become a good leader what qualities should they have or they should rediscover in themselves or if not then they can chisel themselves and find those good qualities from within and you know uh, implement them to build up a great team how do they do that yeah that's a great that's a great question i think for each of us how we do that's a little different because where we need to do the work is different for each of us um, I think the big piece, though, is to have the humility to know that there's plenty of areas that you can work on for yourself, right? Um, having the awareness to look at yourself and understand uh, where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. One of the ways that I help my clients do that, um, are you familiar with the concept of disk profiling? Risk profiling. Disk, D-I-S-C. So. No. No. A disk profile, uh, you can go online and you can Google it, uh, but and there's plenty of places that sell disk profiling tests. But okay. in, a, in a disk profile, what we're looking at is we're looking at four criteria that explain how you think, right? So not so much, they're not going to define you as a person. There's no test okay. that's going to give me a hundred, uh, a 360 degree, degree of you, but it can give me some insights in terms of how you think. Now, okay. for instance, myself on the disc profile, I'm what they call a high I. And I'm, my second highest level is a D. My lowest levels are an S and a C. Now, how that translates is that I am someone that likes to lead by telling, right? So I like to tell you what to do. Now, somebody who's the inverse of me is a high S, a high C. They like to listen. They want to hear what you're suggesting. They want to question you, right? So there are two different leadership styles based on your disc profile. So in order to be better as an entrepreneur, I'm aware of the fact that my default is going to be to tell everybody what to do. And my blind spot is going to be the ability to listen to my team. Knowing that when I go in to meet with my team and we're trying to solve a greater problem, I'm going to put my ear is more to listening because it's too easy for me to talk. So I'm going to change my gears up to listen a little bit more. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes, indeed. Indeed, George. Now, in terms of bigger organizations, you know, bigger, smaller businesses, but, you know, of a good number of people with them, uh, their teams also are working all the time to grow, business, grow their business and align to a particular goal. Now, why? what is it, as you know, you, you keep on advising a lot of people, business, you are a business growth coach, and you will help in, as an implementer. So what is it that most of these uh, companies or teams, teams in these companies, they go tend to go wrong and not align with what they, are, they should be focused on? What, what is it that, 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 that you, come, you have come to know? Yeah, that's a great question, AJ. Um, I often find that it's because the executive team at the top is not looking at ways to align the team. They're looking at the bottom line too, too much. They're looking at revenue. They're looking at their gross margin. Uh, they're looking at their number of clients. They're looking at their profitability, whatever you want to look at. They're looking at the financial metrics way more than other metrics that are talking about their team's happiness, their team's alignment, their team's clarity. So one of the things that we'll do is 
when I start working with a client, I give them an assessment. And in the assessment, I, I ask the CEO or the president or the founder, I ask them to rate the company on four, four blocks of questions, the people, the strategy, the execution, and the cash. And then there's a bunch of questions that cascade down from that. And so the CEO usually has a pretty good idea of the right answers. And then I'll ask the executive team and I'll say to them, answer these same questions. And, and I want to see if you're on the same page. I can guarantee you that any company that comes to me, I'm going to show that the executive team and the CEO, they're not on the same page. So if that top tier is not on the same page, there is no way you're going to expect the rest of the company because the company is just an amplifier of the executive team. So if we're not functioning well at the executive level, there's no way this team's going to function well. And when that happens, guess what? The employees lose engagement. They're not as they're not as aligned. They're not as engaged. They show up during the day and say, what am I working for? They don't even know how to score themselves, right? Like that's the other piece. When we're aligned and we know what the score of the outcome is, we're, we're playing as a team for a particular score, particular metric. So I know that if I'm going to go dunk a basketball, that AJ is up there. I'm going to pass the ball to AJ and AJ is going to dunk it because we know what we're trying to accomplish. Right. But when you don't know, you're just showing up the field as a bunch of people and you're not aligned on the outcome that you're going after. Okay. Okay. So uh, while dealing with these teams, you know, with these people, executive uh, quote, executive teams, what have you found most surprising about these teams? The lack of alignment. <laughs> it's it, there. It's always there. They, 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 it's amazing because here's what happens, AJ, is that everybody gets so focused on the current fires that are going on. They know their financial goals. They know what they got to hit. But as humans, we get caught up in the things that we feel produce the highest value, which are usually the emergencies, usually the fires, because the fires we need to address right now. And there's a level of gratification that comes from solving a problem and moving on to the next problem and solving that problem. But when you continually do that, you're in reactive mode. You're not operating on the company, you're operating in the company. And what I try to do is come in with those executive teams and show them that. I hold up a mirror to the team and say, you guys are just reacting all the time. What I want you to do is take a step back. We're gonna ask some bigger questions. We're going to slow down a little bit and we're going to we're going to ask ourselves, what are we doing? Why are we doing what we're doing? How are we measuring it? What are we trying to achieve by this particular task or this project that we're tackling? And, and you just find it with all the executive teams. The most surprising thing to me is that they're just not aligned. Yeah, but you see, uh, George, they are uh, quite uh, people who know who should be knowing about their job. They don't they know about their jobs. They're educated people. They're coming from good backgrounds. Why is it that they find themselves suddenly not aligned? They should be aligned. Now, how does it happen that you come in and you tell them to be aligned and they get aligned? It's not, it does not work like that. So you either you have a magic wand or something. How does it work? Nobody wants to accept their mistake also that from bottom line, you know, looking at the bottom line, they have hit rock bottom. So how yeah. what, bad how bad do you come into the picture and how do you see uh, set things right? Yeah, so there's an old basketball coach John Wooden, 
and fantastic coach. People that play basketball are very aware of him. But one of the things that he would always do with his team when they would come and start playing with him in the beginning of the season, he would tell the basketball players, this is how we tie our shoelaces. And these basketball players would look at him, why are you wasting our time? And then the next lesson would be how to dribble. And, and these, are, these are basketball players that spent years playing. I mean, they're some of the best. His idea was we're going to focus on the fundamentals. We're going to get the fundamentals right. Because if we can't do the fundamentals, there's no way we're going to do these more advanced things. And that's exactly what I'm doing with the executive teams. I'm coming in and I'm working with them on the fundamentals. So give me, let me give you an example. In so many meetings that I see companies run, they meander. They go all over the board. They don't have an agenda. They talk about things, and it feels good to talk about it. But they don't stop at the end and say, okay, now that we have finished this conversation, what are the actions that need to happen? Who's responsible? When do these things need to get done? And if they're not done, what does that mean? They don't take the time to do that. There's assumptions made. So if we sit down in a normal company and we have a conversation, we'll have a great conversation. Everybody has made a different assumption in terms of the outcome. And then we break. And then we come back a week later. Hey, did you get that done? Oh, no, I didn't know I was supposed to get that done. Or did you get that done? No, I had all these other things that popped up and I, I didn't do that, right? So there's a lack of accountability. There's a lack of agreement on what is next. And it's it's no magic wand, I can assure you that. Really what I'm doing is so, uh, so mind-numbingly simple uh, in terms of understanding. The difficulty is in the execution, is in the day-to-day -day execution of, of keeping consistent, right? So like, AJ, if you say to me, um, George, how do I get in shape? I'll say, AJ, just go to the gym every day for 30 minutes and go work out. I guarantee you, you will get in shape after doing that for X number of days. But what I can't answer for you is how long is that going to take you? I can't. And if you're not consistent with it, you're probably not going to get the results you want. So that's why they call me a coach, right? I'm coming in and coaching them to stay consistent every day, every week, every month. And as they do that, they get trained on how to do it the right way. Right, right. As they get trained and to do that right. So in these times of bottom line and top line, where does this love, empathy and listening, you know, how do you tell them that these are important part in, uh, in their growth journey? Do they come into this uh, in your conversations? And if they do, then how do you tell them? How do you bring that in? So one person I really like uh, that talks about this particular topic is Simon Sinek. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of Start With Why. Uh, but he gets into talking about love and empathy a lot more in businesses. And really what it comes down to for me is with the executive team, what I want to see them doing is having routine conversations with the rest of their team. And in the scaling up world, we would call it like a quarterly conversation. So, and it's not a performance review. You're not gonna get a bonus from this. It's just each quarter, we need to have a conversation. If you're reporting to me, uh, we need a conversation. I gotta say, hey, AJ, uh, am I doing everything I can to make you a better, a better team member? Um, how can I help you get better? Where are you getting stuck? As, as the person that you're reporting to, I'm looking at myself as a servant leader. I'm coming in. I'm working with you to say, 
where can I lift you up? And it's different because that that call that takes time for me to empathize with you, to understand your situation. And likewise, you get to turn it around and say, George, these are the things that you're not doing, or these are the things you could be doing better as a manager. But it changes the it changes the conversation. So many businesses have a top-down approach. AJ, this is what I told you to do. You're not doing it. How are you going to do it better? Right. And it's this top-down approach that I believe is wrong fundamentally. That the best companies, it's the bottom up in sense the leaders coming in, helping lift the team up and move them forward. And that's how you get buy-in, alignment, empathy, engagement, all of that. Right. Right, George. Now, you see, uh, there is so much to gain from you, uh, George. You advise a lot of companies, clients and all. So how do people, businesses, it's a global source, it's going to a lot of places, but suppose somebody in India wants to connect with you. How do they know more about you? How can they connect with you and take your help in growing their business as well as, you know, of coaching their executive teams? How do they do that? Yeah, that's... Uh... You can scan this barcode over on the side here if you want to. That's a quick way. I'll take you right to my site. It's gmorris.com. So George Morris, but just gmorris.com. Just go there. I got my blog up there. I got all my socials. And you can reach out to me any way you want. I'm on WhatsApp, and I'm happy to have a conversation with anybody. Uh, you know, they don't even need to be a client. You just give me a call. Reach out to me. Ask me a question. I'm happy to help you forward. Happy to guide you. Right, George. Right. In fact, I will try and include as much information in the YouTube description so that it helps them reach you safe and sound so that they are able to, you know, as take as much help as possible yep. from you. You yep. have explained things very well. And thank you very much for that. Hope to have you again very soon on some another topic to grow their, grow people, uh, how people can grow their business. With this, with this, it's a wrap on this edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much once again. Thank you.